Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Disney Deconstructed Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Calder. Today, I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Jake Moody. Yo. And Spencer Bennett. What's up, everyone? Today, we're going to be talking about the new slate of Disney releases. They released uh, some new dates for when things are going to be coming out. Um, And so we'll be going over those. And we'll also be going over uh, some onward spoiler reviews talk. Uh, because I have now seen it since it was on Disney Plus this week. Um, so if is. you have not seen it, then probably don't want to listen to that portion of the episode. We will give a spoiler warning when that comes up. Um, some solo news, um, solo sequel, apparently not in development, according to John Kasdan. We'll talk a bit about that. Um, and then Star Wars The High Republic, we have not gotten around to talking about this yet mm-hmm. uh i know that jake and i really wanted to talk about it i've been wanting to talk about it because i was really interested when uh the that big debut video released on youtube um so we will get around to talking about that um and apparently <laughs> jake you ju- you just sent me that they're <laughs> demoing, true, I saw it, I swear. they're demoing stitch in disney world Stitch's Great Escape is going bye-bye. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. that's there's been, like, leaked images of him falling apart for, like, months. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, without further ado, we'll get right into it. Uh, first things first, I guess, uh, let's talk about this new slate of releases. First of all, the thing that probably sticks stuck out to me the most is that um, – Artemis Fowl. I don't know if that's actually how you say it. That's always how I've said it with the books and everything. I think it is. It's Artemis um, Fowl, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Artemis Fowl is moving to a Disney Plus premiere. Um, this that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me, too. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, I will say. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you go ahead. Okay, cool. I do think it's really telling. I had to stop in the shower this morning when I was trying to come up with uh, – interesting takes to what we're going to talk about because it is pretty straightforward they basically just pushed everything like a couple months to a year but it's for the most part the same schedule but the thing with artemis film is um going all the way back to i think our first episode of this podcast artemis film is one of those movies that's like the hot topic disney movies it's like i'm not exactly <laughs> sure why we make it but every couple years they make one it probably does very modestly in the box office and then it just like disappears without many people knowing. I don't know why they continue to do them. I'm sure they do fine numbers, but Artemis Fowl was going to be another one of those movies that, you know, it is what it is. But the thing is, they're, they, they seem dead set on making these movies every once in a while. I don't know what, what it is with like the live action family movies that aren't, you know, like heavily yeah. rooted in, in the reboots or whatever, but they make them every once in a while. Um, the fact that they, they went to go straight to Disney Plus is makes perfect sense. And probably in the future, they will be going that direction with these types of things. But the original plan, obviously, was to put this thing into theaters. So knowing the world's post-coronavirus and things like that, I am sure that, that they were thinking, including the marketing budget and changing and changing the date and talking to theaters and da da da, da this movie is going to operate at a deficit. It probably would have because yeah. the world post Corona 
in terms of like entertainment and social gatherings and things, I think that the movie theaters are going to be even more of like a spectacle blockbuster than they even were before. Like to put yourself in harm's way, if that's what it's going to look like and go sit in a room with a hundred people. It's unfortunately, it's going to have to be a star Wars, not mm -hmm. even like a normal Marvel movie, like an infinity war. Like, I really think that that's the way the world is going to be looking at least the first couple months. So small movies, let alone like indie, like proper small movies, but even a small movie in Disney's eyes, like an Artemis Fowl, it's just, I don't think that the world is like gonna be all excited to go sit down in the theater and watch something like that. And, it, and they probably like ran the numbers and realized it would have operated at a deficit. So we're gonna throw it right on Disney Plus, which makes a lot of sense, obviously, but it shouldn't really be taken lightly. Like I was reading an article about, uh, why Marvel would never put Black Widow on Disney Plus or straight to Disney Plus. That was never going to happen. That's good for like almost a billion dollars, yeah. you know? And putting it on Disney Plus is equivalent to subscriptions, which is equivalent to $7 a pop. So, you know, so it's a big deal to just to demote a movie that you had going to theaters to straight to streaming is it is a big deal. And although from a normal perspective or from our perspective, it's one of those movies that we probably would have never even gotten around to seeing, but it is a big deal. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think it's not even going to stream well on Disney plus this movie was going to bomb incredibly yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, everyone could see that. It, like you said, it was the same strain as like the wrinkle in times and the nutcracker mm -hmm. and the four realms, which are, I, I had this epiphany a couple of weeks ago. They're kind of trying to to rip, not rip, but like reap off like the live action Alice in Wonderland mm -hmm. or these weird kind of like abstract exactly, visuals, yeah. but like they're taking like a story, you know, because Artemis Fowl, like those books were big when we were in like sixth and seventh grade, like mm -hmm. younger, yeah. like those were really popular. Like I remember reading them when I had to read like for AR points, if anyone remembers that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I read like one of the Artemis Fowl books. It was fine. I, I don't remember anything about it. I just remember the name Artemis Fowl, but this movie was going to do horribly. Um, I think all the projections were, it got delayed like two or three times. I'm pretty sure too. Like yeah. it was supposed to come out in like 2019. Yeah. It got delayed multiple times. Yeah. And I remember, I remember sitting down in the theater once. Um, I think it might've been to see little women or something. Um, and I love yeah. I, yeah. Really like that. Um, but I saw before whatever, it was around that time before the movie the trailer for Artemis Fowl played and it said like this, you know, August or whatever, because it was the trailer that had come out that the last summer. So they were playing oh, like an old trailer. <laughs> so it was just, it was bad. And I was like, Oh no, wow. it didn't, it did not come out in August. Yeah. Wow. So there, I was like, how did that slip by the theater? Uh -huh. <laughs> I think uh, the way that I'm kind of reading this is Disney didn't really know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, you know what? With all that's going on right now, just cut our losses and drop it on Disney Plus. Just drop it to have some more content. They can they can market it as, oh, a theatrical release now available mm -hmm. on streaming. Even though like it wasn't it wasn't gonna do super well. I'm interested to know if the same person greenlit all three of those movies. I know. Wrinkle in Time, Nutcracker, like these weird, like common stories, but like made in this kind of like futuristic, weird, like like they're trying to make like the next like YA franchise kind of. I know. Yeah, I, it just every 
huge swing and a miss. Yeah, like, I don't get is. why. Yeah. I think they're got to be done now. Like they're not going to be the way that like the economy. Or they'll is go straight to Disney Plus, which is where they should have been. All Let's long. see how Artemis Fowl does streaming. Like I don't think it's going to stream well. Like I I love Disney. Look at my mm-hmm. walls. I'm like yeah. a super fan. <laughs> I'm not going to watch Artemis Fowl. Like I just don't have interest in it. Maybe like one day if I'm like super bored or if I hear it's really good by some mm-hmm. stroke that it's like stroke of genius that it's actually like an amazing movie then sure i'll watch it but if it's mediocre which is exactly what i think it's going to be why why you know like why would i watch that yeah i remember that jake had a really good like description of these movies that disney does that they like have they have no uh they have no like disney feeling in it like they don't feel like disney movies like disney trying not to be disney yeah it's like disney trying to be fox or something and it's like it's really kind of it's odd um and i think that it doesn't it doesn't work well um and it's every every year or so every year to two years we get one of these movies where it's like hey what were what were we thinking green lighting this and uh you know, they usually don't really do well, um, or at least maybe they do well, but the reviews are not good. People they always have like very it. middle of the road box office. Yeah. Um, yeah, and people don't like them. Like everything that I heard about Wrinkle in Time, mostly from the people that I knew, was that it wasn't good. Um, I think it was like a big bomb too. That's what I was about. Yeah. Um, I think the its budget one... was like super high, and it just did not even break even. Well, the one that, yeah, if anything was going to hit, it would have been that one. Because that's like an iconic the, book. Everybody has heard of The iconic that. book. It was right. like an Oscar-winning female director. Yeah, Ava DuVernay. Like, she's like right. amazing. Yeah. She's done and a lot of great huge, movies. It was a huge cast, just like names alone. I will and say it was they, just a weird movie. It just they didn't did that work. one a, a few years back, I, a while back, with Chris Pine as well. He was also in Ringle Time. But, oh. Uh, finest Hours. Yes, oh, but yeah. that's that like one, a, that was like a that biopic almost. Yeah, that one was apparently really good. I, I haven't put seen that it. on my Disney Plus watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they yeah. put it on there. I've I haven't seen it, but apparently that one is supposed to be pretty good. Well, there's um, no issue of mine with Disney doing live action movies, like even more like not adult but a little more mature, right? Live action film. There's nothing Agreed. wrong with that. Like they've been doing that. Like Twenty Thousand Leagues is a great movie, and that was made when mm-hmm. Walt was still around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have an issue with that hundred percent. Right. Like they can do it. I just like this, this creative team that has made these last three, I just think they're, they're trying to hit a demographic that I don't think that demographic of people is interested in like a Disney film, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just don't know who they're for. Like I can't pinpoint what that demographic is. Cause even hot topic, like as you said, as a joke, hot topic is big Disney merch. Like I I agree. I hot topic, like nightmare before Christmas. It's pretty (laughs) much all of their money comes from hot topic. Yeah. Uh, And like, so there's maybe I definitely thought that like, especially Nutcracker was really trying to like, was really inspired by like the Tim Burton house in Wonderland. And I really like the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland. So do I. I, know that I defend that's, that movie. Yeah, I know that it's kind of a hot take to have, but I really liked it. Um, and I love the visual style in it. But like, damn, that movie was not good. Like, I, I really <laughs> didn't like Nutcracker. And like, just because this movie worked doesn't mean that having the same visual, having a similar visual style is going to make it work. Um, obviously, like Artemis Fowl 
isn't the same visual style as those two movies, but it was um, still like this weird futuristic thing. Yeah, they're um, still trying to genre. They're still trying to bring you into a different fantasy world. Um, I also think this movie was just ten years too late. Yeah, Um, it'd be like like if they made a Harry Potter movie now. Yeah, it's like are kids still reading Artemis Fowl? I don't think so. I don't think they're still like they're right. Oh God, what's the name of the author? I, it's something weird, but I don't. I don't think they're even writing Artemis Fowl books anymore. I think the series has been over for a while. I don't know. Like, I feel like the the target audience would be people like us who read Artemis Fowl when they were know. kids. You know. Um, yeah, but they're targeting it for for children. You know, if it was right. if it was like a PG third, if they really wanted to go full YA, but it's kind of like they want to be the next like hunger games, but they're, they're too, they're Disney. So they can't go that far. Right. Um, so they're kind of like so handicapped then, themselves on what they're trying to make. So then make it a damn Fox movie is right. what I'm yeah. trying to say. Well like, now you know, like they have that umbrella to do it and yeah. that very well might be what happens. Um, yeah. I would definitely be down for that. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who grew up with artists, it's like aging with your audience, you know, like, totally. like, uh, we've seen we've seen different uh, series series do that that started out as children things. Frozen you know? Two is a very I was mature just about film. To say Fro- Frozen, did Frozen a lot of that. Two, uh, Toy Story did that. Mm-hmm. Not a Disney thing, but How to Train Your Dragon did it. Yeah, um, very it is well. a thing you can do. Yeah, and it's like yes, we haven't had an Artemis Fowl movie yet, but recognizing that people who are fans of this series are probably adults or young adults now mm-hmm. is probably an important thing to do well disney's yeah. whole thing is like nostalgia you know that's that's kind of right. like the disney brand is is packaging making you nostalgic the people who would be nostalgic are not the people they're marketing artemis foul towards so okay. it's really it's just a it's just one of those things where it's kind of a bizarre choice um, yeah and then and then building off of that like bigger picture the thing is you've definitely heard me say it on the podcast a million people online say it in regards to the mostly the parks but movies too you know like me i would much rather see disney build or make something like completely original and out there as opposed to reboot a pirates of the caribbean or build a um you know like a firmly like marvel land as opposed to something completely original but with this news i mean disney clearly knows that these things don't work because if they put it in the theaters it wasn't going to work and moving forward they're probably not going to do these smaller more original things they're going to be going for these big blockbusters which they've already been doing 90 percent of the time i think so, especially with this pandemic that's the direction of hollywood now. right definitely. indie things independent original like art that was films are all going the, to streaming yeah all that going was to already the, the tone that we'd been operating in, like mm. even in the parks, you know, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And now after this pandemic, it's it's just going to be even more, like there's not even going to be an Artemis Fowl to make fun of. Like it's yeah. just going to be full on Star Wars all the time, Marvel all the time. It's, that's just what it's going to be because those are the things that make money and that's going to what, that's what gets people to the theater. I'm telling you, man, I had this take last year, but Joker is how they're going to make movies like that is you're going to have to because for all intents and purposes that movie's not about the Joker it's 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 more of like a commentary about a lot of adult things but it's framed using this kind of blanket of security which is Batman characters right Batman doesn't exactly you know like besides Birds of Prey which is another discussion but like Batman (laughs) is a brand like his whole like family of characters like that is viable no matter what 
Mm-hmm. So you can make a movie like Joker, which is like a Martin Scorsese inspired, very adult movie. But if you blanket it with DC or with another big brand, they can still do well. So I think that's going to be a testament of that if is. they, if that we is. still see like very mature, very like artsy movies in theaters, it's going to be that kind of idea where there's some sort of like security attached to it or else it's just going to go to Netflix or it's going to go to, to Peacock or HBO now or whatever it's right. called. The, the thing, cause I totally agree with you. That's the thing. But when you go ahead and you make a Joker, I mean, that could have been the most corporate, dumb movie of all time. It just could have. Sure. It could have been very straightforward. They could have just like straight up done the killing joke or whatever. But they probably spent a ton of time, a ton of research, and it was like a proper good movie set aside from everything setting it in DC and Batman or whatever. So if you do it really corporate and whatever it is, that equals Solo. It just does. Because Solo was originally helmets by those the Twenty One Jump Street guys. It was it's probably supposed to be a like really a funny comedy western. Movie. It was like Lord spaghetti. and thing. Yeah, this whole thing. But then we looked. Disney looked at it, and they were like, "This is really weird. We need to just make a proper normal movie." And it results in, um, it, for Disney standards, a bomb. You know. Yeah. So when you go ahead and do these things, because that absolutely is the future. I mean, it just has to be done with intent. It can't just be for a check. At the end, mm. you know Joker i think your awesome. your take about um like theaters like being almost like putting yourself in danger like the it's the true, impact that this is going to have um even when like the the pandemic is contained just the social impact doesn't go away you know Sucks. i think our way of life is forever going to be altered or at least there's going to be an impact on it that we don't know yet mm-hmm. um so entertainment is going to be the most interesting business to watch what I've especially like special the... entertainment like theme parks and movie theaters like showcase like you need to be there to experience going that kind of to thing. a sports game yeah concerts. live things yeah. like it's going to be so interesting what i was what thinking about like. specifically with disney is i mean there's two routes that every big company can go down it's either it's either when this thing is over or at least like the cdc and the government and it's contained and the and the curve is flattened and everything sure it's okay, Disney can be open now. Okay, Six Flags can be open now. And it's like nothing ever happened. Or will the companies like put in their own things? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know we talked about this before and it doesn't really matter in terms of our opinions. But it's, it's just going to be really interesting to see like once the market is properly opened again, if these big companies who have been operating at a month, two months, three months, like no profit are like, okay, let's like, you know, get back to normal or it's going to be, we we need to like figure out our own plan because if it's not gonna it's just gonna happen again and then that's a thought to bring us back into the slate uh mulan which is going to be like a big movie it was going to be huge it also uh, was supposedly pretty, very good i know getting right? good reviews but um july 24th is the is when that's slated and i don't know that that's not, that's a fine date obviously it's like definitely towards the tail end of summer but like, just, I don't know, thinking about July feels early. It just does. Certain yeah. states are at stay at home order through June. So mm. one month later, we're just going to be having like a huge movie premiere. I don't know if that's this like- This is going to be on... such a historic year in box office revenue. Yeah. So um, it's just, I agree. I'm just, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen if it, because I mean, it's just going to show where like morals are literally because it, it, every company is like, obviously the stocks and everything are doing really poorly. 
So it's like once everything is for the most part okay to start resuming back to normal, is it just going to be like, all right, let's do it? Or I don't know what you can even do, but I mean, putting that movie at July 24th, I mean, a movie is different than going to a theme park with like literally thousands of people. And I'm sure even movie theaters are going to do something where it's like maybe only fill up half the theater and you have to have a seat in between or something like that. But I don't know, just to me, to bring us back to the movie thing, that feels early. I hope, I hope that people have more info than me. Maybe I'm more doom and gloom than everybody else, but it just sounded like an early date. No, it it felt early to me as well. I I agree with you. I think that it's uh, an optimistic date to set. Um, So we'll see if it happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up getting moved back. Um, I feel like setting a date like that, it, it makes it seem like, you know, this is a movie that they want to release as soon as possible. And I think that it's a movie that they just really don't want to be forced to release either later or on Disney plus, you right. know, yeah. something like Mulan was going to be successful. Right. Um, these live, these live action remakes are basically printing money. Yeah. Right. They don't, something they don't want to be forced to cut their losses. They're just Specifically like, okay, this plus. one, you know, because say what you will about a, a Beauty and the Beast or a Jungle Book or whatever, but Mulan is like a culturally significant story. So that was going to be huge regardless. It was also going to be different enough that my interest was piqued. The reason yeah, I'm not a fan of Beauty and the Beast, which a lot of people love the remake, is because it's almost shot for shot the same exact movie. And at that point, my attitude becomes like, well, why? The animated one's mm-hmm. perfect. It got nominated for Best Picture. Same like, it's, it's iconically like one of the greatest animated films ever. Um, but Mulan was going to be a little, they were doing a much more, um, not mature, but a much a much less animated story, if that makes sense. Like there was no Mushu, it was going to be very serious. Not a musical. As serious as it was going to be, as it can be. But it was at least, my interest was peaked of, okay, this one's going to be different and worth seeing. Like I'm okay with remakes if you do something new with it, which is why mm-hmm. like Alice in Wonderland. I really like that remake because it's nothing like the the original animation. It's this very weird, like, tim burton fever dream and that's cool yeah, to me yeah. like I'd, I'd pay to go see that because it's new it's something i haven't seen before mulan i was interested to see it looked like it was kind of be kind of like a straight up action movie yeah. Um, yeah which is cool but um and i yeah i don't know where i was going with this but i think yeah. it's uh i mean it i think tim, i think tim burton was also the perfect person to 100 you know, to do lewis carroll you people know? will pay to see tim burton movies just because it's tim burton he yeah. has that thing about him yeah, um, he's got a style like he him Tarantino like there's a handful of directors left who like when you think of them you can immediately see a style yeah um, right instead of you know like the the corporate studio conveyor belt we're like I'll just give it to this guy who makes Ron movies Howard, like this unfortunately unfortunately yeah. <laughs> today I'm just railing on solo for whatever reason the safest director in Hollywood yeah uh, I love how Red Letter Media talks about Ron Howard. They always introduce him as Holly, infinite, infamous Hollywood hack Ron Howard. That's how they wow. refer to him every <laughs> single time. It, and it's I mean, to, no hate for Ron Howard. He seems like literally, to his credit, I think the only Ron Howard movie I've ever seen is Solo. And it wasn't even really a Ron Howard movie. He's just the guy that they got to do it. What movie have I seen? He's made like good movies. I know. Um, a lot of people said like him and J.J. Abrams are known as like uh, – are known as like George Lucas modern. I think it's because Spielberg. of the US. Oh yeah, Spielberg. I think it's because of the USC thing. I but, like, I love J.J. Abrams. 
I think Star Wars kind of bombed his career because a lot of people just rail on him now. And I think it's just no matter what you do, oh. if you take on Star Wars, like that's a that's a choice for your career, and it's gonna become very overblown, you know. So I don't so, know. Ron I'm Howard saying. movies I've seen. I've seen a beautiful mind. Apollo 13. Oh, yeah. And that. The Grinch. Oh, The Grinch. Yeah. I forgot like, about he, that. He, Dude, not, he nailed The Grinch. That's yeah. good for him. He's like, <laughs> he seems like a talented guy. He just is known for kind of just being the guy studios give movies to. They don't know who to direct. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's the Hollywood, the Hollywood hack, as Red Letter Media would put it. <laughs> On J.J. Abrams, just because, you know, we don't have too much of a format for today's show. But the thing with him that everybody had known before is like he has tr- like his whole mystery box thing um oh, he has like trouble so hard. nailing the ending right he knows how to set up he knows how to set up an awesome world he knows how to set up mysteries galore like it's awesome i'm he kept into- people hooked on lost for years it, yeah. that's the thing and, and then like, lost had a, a weird to bad ending out of one of the most like famous so. bad endings right and then um, what's the most second famous bad ending at least in modern day is rise of skywalker at Disagree. least that's what a lot of people think a lot i mean it just felt slapped together and weird which is which is uh taking the, his thing because the reason that it felt slapped together and weird is because there were so many unanswered questions which are awesome like rise of sky or sorry the force awakens on my list i think is literally num- either number two or three i love the force awakens what an incredible movie but then by the end I mean, it was like we had no, we, he had no idea what the answers were, I think, to all like the 50 different questions that he set up and like crafted yeah. this world. Well, what questions? Because I feel like he, we don't need to go into who's the race of parents. He answered that. He did answer it and it was weird and made no sense. And I don't sandwiched think it made in no between sense. the last shadow. Well, it made sense um, because it needed to essentially, but it wasn't the, like an inspired choice. The accurate, uh, Skywalker if you if you have the opinion of why it's like slapped together is this is why it's because J.J. Abrams was making episode eight and nine that he would have made in one movie yeah um, yeah he, that it's it's all it was I think it's glorious I love it I think it's so much fun and it's insane and it's a blast it's up there as well, some of my favorite Star Wars because it's just so bonkers and I think it's it so is. much fun um but like the accurate statement like that that's exactly what happened like there's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that they were like jj we want you to come back and make nine eight had this weird reaction he went okay because there's a quote where he says i'm gonna do whatever the f i want <laughs> he said i don't yeah. care anymore i'm just <laughs> wow. gonna do what i want i'm gonna make ray like a descendant of a sith i'm gonna have like a MacGuffin that's a sith wayfinder which we've never heard of before i know we're gonna go to these planets that's just lightning like exegol is just lightning <laughs> i love exegol yeah. oh love it's it, it's so much fun because it's just bonkers um, I can't wait till it's on Disney Plus. It's probably going to be my most rewatched Star Wars film, because like Agreed. it's just a blast. Um, yeah, I I am interested to see if that because there was that theory a while ago, which I think we talked about, um, where people think that there's going to be a spinoff about that takes place around Exegol. It's also supposed um, to be a spinoff Disney Plus series about Ray. That's a huge rumor. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Which we'll see if that happens. I, that. I feel like Daisy Ridley's kind of done with it at this point. But I don't know. I mean, money speaks. You know, <laughs> yeah, money talks. Yeah. Uh, they made her Daisy Ridley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, still have to still have to see the the full 
lightsaber staff. Dude, now. it's totally the quarter staff. It's totally yeah. her staff with two yellow blades on the end. Yeah, we only saw half of that. Yeah. Anyway, did we get through this whole uh, list? No, we didn't. Things? We literally okay. only got through two. <laughs> right, so Black, down the list. Black Widow is moving to November 6th, mm-hmm. um, that, which is good. I, I didn't want to wait too long for that. Um, that feels like a correct amount of time. Yeah, uh, I think movies so Movies that are too. getting pushed to like late 2021, I'm like, that's you're going to lose interest at that point. Right. Yeah. My thought was that one, Black Widow, again, to put us to a screeching halt <laughs> before we even get down. <laughs> but my thought with Black Widow is, honestly, if anything, I mean, I was really excited for the movie. I remember you guys were saying that that one like did, like, did spike some interest and seemed like interesting and different enough um, yeah. in the grander scope of MCU. But I do think that making us wait longer is going to be good in the long run because... Um, after Endgame, it felt like such a closure, and it did feel like they stuck the landing so hard. And then, like, it literally felt like a couple weeks later, we were like back in the theater watching Spider Man, and it was like, but we just saw the end. Like, we have to wait. You just have to wait yeah. for it to feel like you know a need to continue to like consume these stories. Totally. So just the longer we have to go, I think will only be better. And honestly, it's like kind of a weird story. I mean, the public reaction to all the trails, everything. People were psyched, and that looked like a really cool movie. So just having to wait, not that much longer, you know, like it, it's a couple months, but uh, I but think But like you can't go to the helps. theater now. So when like when all this blows over, right. it's going to be like two or three months to wait to see Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, what I'm saying is that I think in the grander scope of the MCU and Marvel and Kevin Feige and Disney and like the money analytics guys, it's not mm-hmm. the decision they would have liked to make because the sooner the better, obviously. That's going to be a huge hit. But um, in terms of, like, story and, like, the general audience, I think it's definitely a good thing because the longer we have to wait after such an ending like Endgame, the better. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was also part of the bad reaction I had to uh-huh. um, Spider-Man. to Far From Home um, was that it was, like, so soon afterward. Um, but, yeah, I... I just didn't like that movie. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> as a, as I've talked about many a time and off. That's one of the downfalls of these big franchise storytelling is that um, yeah. you you're announcing sequels to movies of characters that supposedly died. Right. Also, just now we were talking about Daisy Ridley. I said something that I think was probably problematic, so I'm just going to correct that right now. They did not make Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley made herself Daisy Ridley by working hard. I'm just saying Disney cast her. I was thinking about that and I was like, that was probably an awful thing to say. So clarifying what I meant. That wasn't that bad, but yeah. She worked really hard. She's an amazingly talented actress. That's what I, that's, yeah, there we go. Definitely agreed, but she's going to be remembered forever for playing Ray. Sure. I just think I phrased phrased it in a way that does not reflect how I actually was thinking it. So there you go. Understood. Uh, Also, speaking of Daisy Ridley, I'm watching the show uh, Toast of London, which... Uh, is like this small uh, British show. It's like very British comedy. Um, it has one of the one of the actors um, from the show What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's really funny. And one of the episodes, Daisy Ridley is in it as like an extra at the very end. So I was like, oh, that's so funny. that's that's what she was doing before Star Wars. <laughs> wow. She was so, an unknown. She was yeah. doing little stuff here and there. Um, cool. They all pretty much were, except for Oscar Isaac. He was kind of the one. Oscar, was, Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver was in like 
He was in Girls, huh? Yeah, yeah. he was in like a few things, um, but none of them were like big until yeah. until Star Wars, yeah. which is naturally how that works. <laughs> now, now he's the man. He is the man. Adam Driver is like one of the biggest guys in Hollywood right now. Like he's getting cast at everything. Like the most unreal good actor I've ever seen. He's great. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to watch him marriage story because i'm like these two people are acting their asses off and it's like these, <laughs> marriage story is even... powerful dude that is yeah. a powerful movie yeah. i think everyone from the sequel trilogy like opinions like on the movies aside like they cast a bunch of talented people it's not like with the prequels where people were ragging on the acting like no one is ragging on the acting in the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. everyone involved is so talented yeah. yeah which makes it even more bizarre that it had the reaction it did um but yeah mm-hmm. what are you gonna do uh moving on eternals is moving to february 12th 2021 which begs the question who yeah Yeah, which begs the question who is still following the eternals exactly what i just said that's marvel right (laughs) yeah okay well okay okay that was supposed like didn't they like announce that like several years ago don't you might be getting confused with inhumans I don't know if you. Oh, are. maybe yes. Yeah, Inhumans was gonna be a movie, and it was gonna be basically the MCU's X Men. But it's gonna have Vin decided, Diesel in it, right? And then they decided to make it a TV show, and right? Which apparently was a huge disaster. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Didn't, yeah, um, apparently it was really bad. I heard that. Right, The Eternals is is like um, I don't want to say it wrong because I've never read the comics, but I do know them. They're like. First of all, they've got huge names. I don't remember who was cast. Who did they it, ca- they cast someone really big in it? Um, it's like Angelina. It's Angelina Jolie, I yeah. think. But anyways, really, um, it, it's basically like Marvel's gods. Like it's like is the it like the new gods from Jack Kirby in DC? Yeah, it's, okay. It, it's it's basically Marvel's version of that. Okay. But that's I think is going to set the tone and be like the thing that Marvel does moving forward because male Nanjiani's in this. I have no idea who that is. Anyway, Kid Harrington. Kid Harrington. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. So and, um, Far From Home and, and Black Widow. The consensus with MCU moving forward is that it's going to be like a cosmic weird thing. That's why we were all excited about Fantastic Four maybe coming in. So Eternals is, I think, going to be the, that first movie that like really sets us off into that world. They're getting into the, the and, fun stuff. And that's the gonna feel right. That's gonna feel like a different take where, like we were saying, Spider-Man and Black Widow, although we're all excited for Black Widow, Spider-Man, I liked it, whatever. I thought it was okay. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel that different because I mean Black Widow is a prequel, you know? So like that really feels like it's grounded in this like um Do you think by the see. end of it she's gonna be alive again? I don't know. I really don't know. There's it's, like I doubt it. It's That'd be kind of a bold move. Filling up a gap of time between Civil War and Infinity War. But it's, but it's like, Marvel. They're I not just, just making it for no reason. There's going right. to be a narrative through There's line from it. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. It's I'm sure that they'll different. tease something for like the future, but. Someone's going to be a scroll. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I, I doubt that. I doubt that they would have her be alive. You know, I don't know. Like literally wait, the last time we saw wait, her, she died. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Theory. The uh, 
the Black Widow that died in Endgame was a scroll. This, this movie's <laughs> wow. gonna like uh, confirm she was like somewhere else, some other galaxy or something ridiculous. Oh um, my god! I'm just I putting it out there imagine, right now. If it's correct, can we're I gonna just, re-edit a podcast when that happens of me saying right, this right, right now. Right, right, right. Can I just say I would fucking hate that? <laughs> just like I would, I would like walk out of the theater if they. Well, along those lines, great storytelling. I'm just saying you guys have, it would be a cool twist. Yeah. Yeah, I would be you like. You guys have seen the uh, the like reports that now Robert Downey Jr. wants back as Iron Man. Well, didn't well, they do yeah. little man? Didn't they yeah, say that? do little bomb? Yeah, we'll do little. Didn't do well. Uh, that was it. Did I th- little. Well, yeah, I you think said he that. literally thought that he was that guy, and Doolittle did so poorly. He's like, "Oh wait a minute, I think I need to be back." And, just the, not and I saw a Joe Rogan podcast with little. him where he was like, uh, "He was like, if the story's right. right, you know, he he felt happy with the ending, but he's like, if it really made sense got to you, come Spencer. back, I'm like more than open to it." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, the guy's got money. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's he's going to be okay, guys. Yeah, he's going to be fine if he doesn't come back. But also, I thought that there was like a big rumor that he was in Black Widow. Oh, God. Uh, I oh, it's oh because past. it's a prequel. Because it's a prequel. And Tony and Natasha have a relationship. Like, not like a relationship, but like they have a friendship. Like, they know each other. Because yeah. uh-huh. they were like close in... Well, she got Iron introduced Man. in Iron Man 2. Yeah, in Iron Man 2. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. they're like... In the... He was like trying to flirt with her now. in that movie, right? He was. Yes. And then we found out who she was. Like three. Yeah. I like that twist. I remember that being like, oh, that was cool. So I didn't think yeah. she was Black Widow. <laughs> John because, Favreau. Because <laughs> she was a, like Fabs. a secretary or something in Iron Man 2. Yeah. And then, and then like she, she like kicks his ass in the boxing ring. Mm. I love That's a great Iron reveal. Too. But anyways, um, oh yeah, oh my god, right. it's been so long since I've seen that movie. But wh- you know, what you Black have time Widow... to do, Lane. Rewatch Iron Man right, exactly. Probably not, honestly. <laughs> probably not. Widow... Probably not going to watch it. <laughs> Is set in between Civil War and Infinity War. Oh, so it's and way back. As far as yeah, but as far as we're concerned, the way way back at the end of Civil War, Black Widow double crosses Iron Man. And is on Iron Man's team, but she like makes sure that Steve and whatever and Winter Soldier can go off and do their thing. So they're not on good terms at the end of Civil War. Black, but then when Infinity War starts, they are on good terms. So there is a story in between where they have to talk at least. So we probably are going to see him in this movie. Or he's or on good not, terms with know. Scroll Natasha. Right. Yeah, there's that too. I'm telling hey, you, man. I've thrown it out there. How about this theory? Spider-Man's been a scroll since the beginning. Wow. Andrew since Garfield swings in. <laughs> yeah. Tom Holland, ever since Robert Denny Jr. found him in Queens, he's been a scroll. Wow. Yeah. Everyone's a scroll. Everyone is a scroll. Except Probably Robert Denny Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. All of Endgame was just scrolls fighting each other. All of Endgame was just Robert Downey Jr. just tripping out. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. He just wakes up in a bed naked (laughs) at the ends of the movie. God. (laughs) Just the most intense retcon ever. (laughs) None of that happened. We're back to to Iron Man. Somehow Infinity (laughs) War is rated R, and everybody's like, how the hell, how much gore could they put in this movie? And it's all exactly the same, except that the auntie wakes up naked. (laughs) <laughs> it's the only difference I like Everyone this twist the whole time I would pay to see that in theaters cool 
Anyway, right. Shang-Chi comes out after that. <laughs> yeah, Shang-Chi exactly. is next. I was stoked for Shang-Chi. Me too. I think it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. And they casted like some proper kung fu guy who hasn't been in any like big movies yet. Oh yes. Uh, he was like um petitioning for the role. Like he was like mm-hmm. an actor on Twitter who was like, I want to be Shang-Chi. And then like a yeah. year later, he's like, I'm Shang-Chi. <laughs> um, that's cool. I so, I think that's such a cool thing that actors can, that people can do now. Um, that were yeah. like, I want this role. Hey, at Kevin Feige, um, I'm interested. I really right. want to play this. And then they actually get considered for it. I know for Green Lantern, Tyrese Gibson from Fast and Furious was like trying super hard. Damn. Um, but I think him and The Rock hate each other, or him and Vin Diesel. Apparently, hate each other. that whole cast hates each other or something. Yeah, and The Rock is Black Adam, so I don't think Tyrese is working in DC. Damn. Yeah, I think yeah, the I think I think The Rock and Vin Diesel hate each other. Oh, that's a thing too. Yeah. yeah, that's why Vin Diesel's not in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, for real. Wait, I think so. Vin Diesel is either Ho- is Hobbs or no, Shaw. No, no. Jason Statham is Shaw. Oh, You're confusing your bald men. Yeah, it's the other white guy. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason Statham. Did they have superpowers? I never saw that movie. No, they don't have superpowers. They yes. just—I mean—they're superpowers probably that they have unrealistic strength. Right. I mean, The Rock just, does have unrealistic. Yeah, they just like throughout in every single one of the those movies, those movies just you know disobey physics. It's just like Let's that's be just real, how though, they work. If there was a walking superhero on this planet, it's probably Dwayne. Johnson. It's probably Dwayne Johnson. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the closest thing to like peak physical specimen that you can be. Yeah, Doctor Strange too. November fifth, twenty twenty one. Sam Raimi directing? Yeah, that? I heard that. Well, there's like. Sam Raimi is like apparently in talks or mm. something, or maybe Sign that was a, maybe that was a rumor. I don't really know, but like, hey, I'm down for Sam Raimi. I'm like, here for that. I'm here for another Sam Raimi superhero movie, especially since right. there's talking about it being kind of horror esque. Like, yeah, that was the thing. That news is like good and bad. Good because obviously, I mean, any Sam Raimi, especially coming back to Marvel, would be so cool. And his roots in horror. This movie is supposed to be creepy and weird. Um, yeah. but the original director, I don't remember his name. Scott he Derrickson. Was, yeah, there you go. And he, he directed Sinister, I think. Which oh, I really? The people love that movie. Yeah. I, he, I saw it. I remember thinking, I remember being like the only person that was like, this was okay. Oh, <laughs> Everyone really? else was like, Sinister's great. Uh-huh. Like, <sighs> Look, I feel like at least for our age, it came out at a time like where it was just bound to be iconic. Like just the poster, yeah. you know what I mean? But the demon was a cool design. It was a cool right. picture design. But um, yeah, so when he came on to do the first Doctor Strange, which is already kind of like a trippy and funky character, everybody was like, wow, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be so creepy. The original Doctor Strange really wasn't. But then even Marvel themselves announced that Doctor Strange 2, they're really going to lean into that. It's called like the Multiverse of Madness or something. Like it's got even like a kind of trippy title. Yeah. But yeah, they like mutually parted ways, which means he got fired. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. Probably was, because you said you're bummed that he was like a horror director. Sam Raimi made Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, and Evil Dead 2, which are like three of the greatest horror comedies like ever made. So yeah, he is a beautiful choice for a Marvel horror film. Because like, what's the trademark of Marvel? You have quips and one-liners. Like, there's going to be yeah. jokes. Sam yeah, Raimi yeah. is a like match made in heaven for that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen Evil Dead? Evil Dead is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Evil um, Dead is fantastic. Yeah. I haven't watched Ash vs. the Evil Dead, the TV show. Oh, really, I dude? Really you would love do. it. Yeah, I, I need to do that. I think I've, I haven't seen most of the third season, but it's what, it's a very it good on? show. It's on Netflix. FX? 
it's a netflix a red not it's a not red, a netflix show it was netflix. it's on netflix i think it's okay. a, it was a stars show okay. it was like a I stars original that, i have the time yeah. now yeah but uh yeah, you it's have the time everybody does. there they cut it off after three seasons um but it, it was really good apparently the way it was gonna go um i was reading about it once was that uh sam raimi and his brother uh who are like writing partners were planning on doing a fourth evil dead movie but um they just came up with so many story ideas that they're like let's make a show so That's then they cool. just made a made three bruce campbell's always going to be game to play ash exactly yeah that man was he has nothing else to do i always forget <laughs> that he has those cameos in spider-man yeah yeah i mean like the thing about those old spider-man movies to say what you will about them they definitely had a flair there was like oh, a very do. like director uh, oh, yeah. director attached to them i yeah, watched the uh-huh. original spider-man a couple months ago and it's such a corny like intentionally corny movie yeah it's what batman and robin wanted to be oh it's yes. like a corny love letter to early comic book characters but just fell on its face where sam raimi being sam raimi just knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. um so i'm yeah i think him being if he does end up doing doctor strange too it's like a beautiful thing yeah. Agreed. Honestly, you guys talking might have convinced me that he's even better than the original. <laughs> oh, I it's think just, he's a better choice yeah. than Scott oh, Derrickson. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like yeah, Scott so. Derrickson. He's made some okay movies. He seems like a chill guy. Mm-hmm. But Sam Raimi's like an i an iconic like not like I but like a visionary filmmaker. Like people know Sam, Sam Raimi. One of those guys that you're gonna go see. He's one of those guys because it's a Sam Raimi movie. Right. If you're like a, a yeah. film person, you'll go see a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's rip through the uh, Marvel stuff first. Wait, there's Jungle oh. Cruise, man. I know. I just wanted to finish Marvel, and then we did Jungle Cruise. Okay. Because that's okay. worth talking about when we don't have Dude, a lot of time. It's always worth talking about. Right. But anyway, so Thor is coming out February 28th, 2022, which is crazy that it's so far away. Wow. And then God, that could push two years away. I know. Oh. What was it originally? Well, Really? Just 2022 sounds. Sc- I think it's part of the next phase, though. It's not even like oh, phase. Okay. So we get Natalie four. Portman yeah. for man. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. And then off of like the proper slate that Disney released, but they did like tweet, like the writer tweeted about it or something. Captain Marvel two is set to be uh, July 8th, 2022, which is interestingly enough, just a week after the DC Flash movie is apparently going to be coming out. And unfortunately, we don't have enough time to talk about it, but it would have been cool because I know that Flash movie, at least all the rumors I saw, they were going to be going off of Flashpoint, which is a really fun story. has a lot to do with like time traveling and like mixing worlds and things like that, multiverses. Did I ever uh, send you the cold open I wrote for a Flashpoint movie? Yeah, I did read that. I did that. I did that. But it's... um, yeah, so A, later on, I guess we can talk about this Flash movie because that is interesting enough to me. Oh, I've, I've told you exactly what it's going to be, right? It's the ultimate no. reset. It's the ultimate reset. They're going to take everything that's worked and keep it and they're going to get rid of everything that hasn't. Yeah, That's absolutely. how you bring in Pattinson, Batman. You keep Momoa, you keep Godot, you keep Zach Levi as Shazam and you redo everything else. Yeah, I agree. The ultimate like it, reset. I mean, and it'll also like, they can like kind of answer the question of like, that one scene where he comes and visits Batman and the mm. like traveling through time from Batman v Superman. Um, and whatnot. All time. 
Yeah, the most confusing like, scene of all time. Yeah, Even I mean, if it wasn't in- intentionally supposed to be that, they're gonna have to do that just to have any yeah. seam of continuity. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. And he's um, wearing this weird, like, apocalyptic flash suit. Yeah, it's a, unrelated. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it was so well, perfect. So we talked about it. Um, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, so I guess at the yeah, so the the biggest news in terms of Disney parks. I mean, this is a big one for me. I assume we were all really excited for this Jungle Cruise movie that was going to come out like in a couple months. And yeah, um, yeah it got pushed a full year. So that's coming out ouchie, July ouchie. of 20. I know, ouchie, such a bummer. Ouchie. Such a bummer. Yeah, big bummer. Um, I was really excited for that. Yeah, me too. So that's the news, I guess. I mean, it makes sense. It, it is a big summer blockbuster, so it's got to come out during summer blockbuster season. But Mulan must have been like ready to go. I mean, it was already supposed to be out. So Mulan had press screened. It had had its right. premiere. Yeah, it had a premiere. It was like mm-hmm. it like had its oh, like God. premiere and press screening. Like people were tweeting from the premiere and stuff, and then it just didn't come out. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, you know how much money just a premiere cost? Like marketing. Yeah, and, like, and you see nothing in return. You see <laughs> nothing in return. There's like a lot. There's like people out there who have seen Mulan. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's really That's weird. So funny um well yeah so that's a bummer i guess mulan must have just taken jungle cruise's spot for all probably purposes what so i uh jungle cruise has to get pushed all the way i really hope jungle cruise does well because if it does we're yeah. gonna get more park movies and i'm or like theme park mm-hmm. ride movies and i'm down with that too like at least that's I better than, so than a live action do. remake of an animated oh, give like a fun weird like like we'll talk about this in my recommendations but i watched the eddie murphy haunted mansion movie <laughs> Like not yeah. good, not good at all, but interesting. And I like yeah. admired mm-hmm. it for doing, trying to do something, but like, is it good? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> like, like give me the Guillermo del Toro haunted mansion. Give Bro, it to I've me. I've been waiting for that movie for, like, I mean, that would give be me like coolest. a Western, the big thunder graphic novel adaptation. Like, give me give the me big something. thunder Western or wait until we can make it. So we can write it. Yeah. Uh, right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> give me Space Mountain. Like uh, I'd be oh, down. That'd be so cool. Uh, or Matterhorn. Give me Matterhorn. Like, oh, yeah. like it'd be cool. Uh, there's a lot of things they can do. Um, but just, uh, I'm. I I'd rather have those than the remakes. I'm totally. So I hope John Cruz does well. And you have The Rock, who's the biggest, who's the like the only living movie star left. So. I would. I'm excited for Joan Cruz. I remember we did the. No, podcast. that movie was going to be a big hit. It's such a shame, but you see, like the difference between an Artemis Fowl and a Jungle Cruise. Exactly. Like, they could have just put Jungle Cruise on Disney Plus. I'm sure it's just sitting on somebody's hard drive. It would have done super well on Disney Plus. Yeah. Right. I would have watched but, it the night it dropped. Oh, absolutely. Me but too. the thing is, that's a movie that's like close to a billion dollars, probably. Right. Like, if not like money. 900 million, it was going to yeah. do well. Um, I, it's the I Rock s- Man. I assume that either it was either Mulan or Jungle Cruise that would get that release date um, in July, and the other one had to get pushed back a year. You know, I think yeah. that that was probably the choice that had to be made um, since fine. they were both of their summer releases. And so they're like, well, Mulan's coming out first, so we'll do Mulan. We literally um, already had the premiere, apparently. Yeah. Not so. It was the obvious choice to make, get yeah. it out as yeah, soon yeah, as possible. Yeah. But, the obvious choice. Yeah. Well, uh, what's up next? I think we've run out of movie delays. Yeah, we um, have. We can talk. Movie a- talk. 
we already kind of talked about Solo not getting a sequel. There was so there was this whole petition on yeah. the internet. This whole to petition. Give Solo a sequel. Yeah, hashtag make Solo two. Yeah. I think it was. A friend of ours, uh, the infamous Preston Moore, and his his great oh, takes was oh, pushing yeah. this. He yeah, really he was, wanted a Solo he, sequel. He was really on top of. He was a big hashtag make Solo two yeah. person. Who just wow. recently got a job at the Diz Insider? So congrats, know, buddy! Like that's that. awesome. I read your really? article. It was super cool. That's yeah. great. Um, like really good for him. Like deserves it. Super hardworking guy. But your take on Solo is trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Solo did not deserve a sequel. I don't even hate Solo that much. I think it's fine. But like the movie pretty much ends where A New Hope starts. Yeah. Like it ends and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go check out. I think he says something like, I'm gonna go check out this thing. Or like him and Chewie are like buddies. They're gonna go do bounty hunting things. Like. You get it. You don't like where, what, God, I can't talk. The only thing, the only story you're going to be able to tell from that is just another kind of throwaway. Mission well, he says that stuff. he says that there's a, a gangster on, I think that he literally says there's a gangster on Tatooine. Tatooine. He's literally references that he's going to go get a job from job of the hut, yeah. which is where he is. And he's working for job of the hut. Yeah, um, or more running from him. Um, also, I biggest... think Disney would not make a sequel to a movie that like didn't actually bomb, but the general consensus is it bombed because right. it underperformed. Yeah. I don't the think biggest... they're going to make a movie, a sequel the, to that movie. The biggest news out of the rumors or confirmed rumors or whatever that Solo is not being developed in anything more is it's not even being developed as a Disney Plus. If anything, it fits. It's on Netflix. Disney Plus. Right, it's on Netflix, but oh yeah, I know. But I'm, I mean, like a um, a spinoff show. Oh sure, sure, sure. Like, like a, a young Han Solo show directly to Disney. Right. I would they watch that. Everybody that to me would. seems more, yeah, apt because then they, it's just like said, a serial of like the old stuff George Lucas that inspired Star Wars, like these serial westerns. Right, and that would be really cool and fun. But I mean, the news is is there's no talks. There's no talks of a sequel movies. There's it. no talks of a Disney Plus spinoff show. It's just, we're just going to operate at this. Uh, it's a movie. And you, you guys are right. I agree with you. It does lend itself like into the grander narrative. Totally fine. But then at the same time, they opened up such a can of worms with all the Darth Maul stuff. And we're just never going to know what the intention of that Kenobi. was. Kenobi. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I hope so. Like, I hope like they at least throw it into something at some mm-hmm. point. That way it's not just like there. Oh, we didn't <laughs> talk about this. Kenobi like is basically restarting. They've got like a new writer and stuff. Like they were they were in production and then like the script was just not there. Um, I remember yeah, I reading that they like, like they got that. like a new writer. Like Kenobi was is like having problems. Granted, it's not uh, in production anymore I, because of the pandemic. Well, I think but, that Jake and I talked about this a bit. I think that at some point because um all of that news was coming out and then you and McGregor talked mm-hmm. about it and he said, "Listen, like this really isn't." like as big of a thing as like people mm. are making it out to be. Cause I think the thing was that the Disney annou- official announcement about it made it sound really bad. Like the, yeah. Yeah. like it made it sound like Absolutely. they were like starting from scratch and Ewan McGregor and maybe even Kathleen Kennedy, but definitely Ewan McGregor came out and was like, this isn't really what's happening. We're just doing like some rewrites and reshoots, like normal, like normal stuff. Like we're not starting from scratch or anything. Um, and like he had to like he like clarified that so um whether but or not now it t- sounds like that is what's happening is, is um, that recent news or is that i remember reading they ago? got a whole they got the writer who did the king arthur movie which mm. was a gigantic bomb that's the, that that uh, was the news. And you guys remember like, the movie the boy who was 
supposed to be king, which apparently was like actually good. It was like a little kid's the, British movie. The, I know exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Came out like early this year or something. Apparently it was good. It had like an 80% of Rotten yeah, yeah. I never, I didn't see it, but it looked funny. Side story that just came to my mind. And I was like, I wonder what, where that movie is. I'd watch that. Right, and right. The boy who was Who's supposed to, to be king or meant king to be king or, or something. Of, I don't know. But yeah, um, I, I believe Hugh be McGregor. Yes, that's what it is. Um, I believe him on that. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it's not as bad as it seems. But now I'm like, okay, maybe it now is as bad as it seems. It might not yeah. have been then, but it might be now. And honestly, like, if you're unhappy with it and with everything going on, they're probably just like, self-destruct, let's start over. Like, why yeah, even continue knows? this? Like, what? Yeah. There's, our production's yeah. on halt for months anyway. Let's just rework the script. Let's just start over. And they've been thrown out so that's many, exactly like, Star Wars re like fucking like changing they've been changing so much shit with star wars and whatnot that like mm. i don't know maybe they my just opinion wanna... on that is just do what you want yeah don't you don't need to keep bending the need of fans or or so, people to try and have like your own to try and like fix yeah. everything like make your movie and kind of just let it be there like the prequels are remembered fondly now even though at the time yeah. they were complete disasters mm-hmm. But they're weird and they make weird choices. But now, like, people just accept them. Just leave them alone. Let the trilogy rest. And eventually, it'll be thought of fondly because people love this franchise. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They also announced the Star Wars, Star Wars The High Republic, um, which is not a new visual medium or anything, but um, it is a new series of books and, I think, comics, comics uh, yeah. that is coming, which is exciting. Uh so it, let's properly talk about that next week because that yeah. is like a thing that was like big news and really cool yeah we'll get into that but we did ramble on quite a bit um yeah we didn't get to our onward spoilers oh my um, god <laughs> hey, do you want to just give your quick thoughts on onward we yeah, talked I'll about my, last time i'll give my quick go. thoughts on onward uh i i won't get into spoilers um we'll do a proper spoiler talk next time and talk about sure. star wars high republic uh but um so basically onward i really liked it i i really did enjoy it um awesome family movie i think that like i um my my girlfriend sharon she she said like this is definitely a movie that i would feel comfortable like showing to kids like in today's like era you know like in this new kind of i guess Mm -hmm. woke era for lack of a better term um because it it, it was a very nice sibling story um yeah like i which is something that like i really liked about it um just because like you know like spencer who has a lot of brothers you know i have a sister that i'm very close to um so if you have a sibling you'll really just be falling to pieces over it it hits Um, hard for sure yeah um and yeah it was just a fun time uh and it was really funny (laughs) i think that um Barley is hilarious. Yes. Barley uh, is so Barley, um, Chris Pratt's character was uh, really, Put it really in well. O for Onward. <laughs> yeah. Really well right. written. Right. Um, yeah. And like that's con- what I said, the script, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The contrast between the two characters, Barley is, uh, you know, this character who isn't afraid of anything. And um, his brother, uh, the main character, what's his name? Ian. Ian is um, this character who is afraid of you know taking charge of things and they really play off of each other well as foils and it's it's really a fun dynamic um so yes if you have not seen it 
I will not speak on it further until next week. Uh, give you a chance to watch it on Disney Plus since a lot mm-hmm. of people probably haven't seen it yet. Um, it was in theaters for what, like a week and a half? Two yes, weeks? something yes. like that. Uh, really luckily, Jake and I saw it opening night, but I many know. people probably who have jobs and actual things to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not time to I check was, it out. When it, when it came out, I was packing up to come home. Yeah, like, that's, people that's dealing the with this stuff. That it, that's um, the reason that I didn't get to see it. So uh, we'll talk. We'll do a proper spoiler talk next time. But I uh, I really did enjoy it. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, totally. Picks of the week. Um, mine would be oh. onward. There you go. Um, Perfect. So there's mine. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. Me? I'm pointing to you. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> mine is the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie. Ah, yeah. It's not great. <laughs> it's super nice. corny, but there are moments in it that are hilarious because they take little things from the, the ride that made me laugh or like they have the singing busts. Um, right. Physically, it doesn't make any sense. Um, they free all the ghosts, and then at the end, the busts are still singing, and they're supposed to be haunted, but they shouldn't be haunted anymore because they freed huh. all the ghosts. The whole actual plot... It's a nice little catch. Like, not of spoilers. The whole actual plot of, like, this lost romance thing, that's all I'm going to say, is just bad. It's so bad. It's <laughs> um, bad. It's so, so bad. But Eddie Murphy in his prime is still funny. And Eddie Murphy's... I remember Eddie Murphy's acting, and part of that is very bad, like, where he's yeah. trying to get his wife back. He's like, please... I no, it's you. not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> but there are enough fun moments as someone like myself who is missing Disneyland, who's being feeling yeah. super nostalgic for going to the parks because I go often. Um, it is fun to watch and just think like, oh, that's clever. Um, I was watching it with my girlfriend and she was like, you're a writer. What would you have done with Haunted Mansion? And I said, not this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I respect it for some of, there's like, there's a f- enough clever jokes to where I went, I'm not upset that I watched that. But is right. it a good movie? Absolutely not jake <laughs> like i like haunted mansion my roommate and i watch it every every uh halloween time and wow. i remember thinking it's a tight screenplay i apparently you guys thought the love like story wasn't a good enough it's a, story it, it's fine like it is a functional plot but it's just so like bleh and then there's a lot of inconsistencies. And I, I don't like, like that he's like a real estate agent. I always thought that was weird. I think it's weird. funny. Well, the thing is, I mean, the bathrooms I, line is funny. Yeah, I remember you like the bathrooms was... line, and he's like the curse. No, no, people like bathrooms. Let's talk about bathrooms. Right. right. No. <laughs> whatever. It, I mean, we like it because it's not great. I guess. Yeah. But anyways, um, my pick would be. I told you guys like last week or two weeks ago that I just saw Lord of the Rings for the first time and like completely fell in love and thought it was so awesome and great. So this past week, I watched all the Hobbit movies. So I'll say my pick of the week is Desolation of Smaug. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I really like all these movies, and I want to talk about it on the podcast. Doctor at some Strange point. voices the dragon. Because that's, that's how you say it in Tolkien language, bro. Smaug. So I'm super. I, I'm, I've never been into fantasy as much. Why as don't you read The Hobbit, man? It's like a really I'm long book. I'm listening to... Uh, Fellowship of the Ring on audiobook, but if I knew that The Hobbit was published first, I would have properly read it. Yeah, it's you're, like su- yeah you're supposed to read The read. Hobbit first. I did it completely wrong. Tell you what, I though, I did it they are kind of slogs. Like, they are long, old English books. Like, I remember trying to read them in like eighth grade, and I was like, oh, this is a lot. Like, a great <laughs> story, obviously, like one of the greatest stories ever told. Like, the movies sweep the Oscars. Like, they're great movies and a great story, but those are some thick books. <laughs> Those are some dense yeah. reads. But I like it's yeah, it is. But it's um I mean I fell in love with the world so much. I'm like here for I I was so sad I watched 
the five arm which was officially like the last movie i could watch and i just like needed more there's no extended universe there's nothing it's just you have these and that's it yeah so i finished the pirates movies and i'm bummed too i know right I can't wait to ride it again. It has given me so much hype to re-ride Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) Now having seen those movies recently and like been into them, Mm. um, I'm stoked. But yeah, I finished Dead Men Tell No Tales, which I agree with you, Lane, is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, It's it's better than the fourth one. And I like all of them. I can comfortable saying I think they're all good movies. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll uh, end things off there since we are super out of time. Uh, but thank you for listening right. to this episode of the Disney Deconstructed Podcast. And if you'd like to support our program, you can do that by going on the podcast service that you are currently using and giving us a thumbs up, five stars, two mouse ears, or hey, whatever qualifies to you as a good rating. And while you're there, make sure to check out the rest of the Deconstructed Podcast Network. And hey, guess what? We are also on Twitter. So feel free to check us out and follow us at Lane Galder, at Jake Moody 98 and at Spencer Bennett 7. You can also spread the word by telling a friend about our show and help us grow our small community of Disney fanatics. Again, thank you for listening and we'll see you with more Disney news next week. Writing and producing for this episode of the Disney Deconstructed Podcast was done by my two co-hosts, Jake Moody and Spencer Bennett and myself, Lane Calder. Editing was done by Lane Calder. The music for our program was composed by Brandon LaBelle. The font for our logo was designed by Edward Pincava. Our beautiful faces were drawn by Sarah Bermudez. Thanks for joining us and go have yourself a zippity doodah day.